What's going on, people? Welcome back to the Uncensored Critic Podcast. Forgive me, I've been away for a little while. I've moved to drama school. I'm in Guildford currently at GSA. Um, it's about to start my MA acting course, so things have been very busy recently, but we are back with a very special guest. Uh, my guest today is Rose Ryan, who is a teacher, a movement teacher at GSA. And let me just take some time to introduce her now. Uh, Rose is a movement director, choreographer, and teacher. After completing a degree in creative arts at Breton Hall, she actually trained at the Laban Centre. She has recently achieved a distinction for MA in Movement, Directing and Teaching at the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. Currently, she is a movement tutor at GSA, developing a new and innovative working and um, innovative curriculum for actors whilst working as a freelance movement director. As a lead movement tutor at GSA on the BA and MA acting programmes, she is developing an innovative and extensive curriculum for actors. She has developed programs at ArtsEd as part of the Accelerate program and on their Easter and summer schools. Rose has taught undergrad and postgrad courses at, at Central and also experience in further education. Experience also include being subject leader for dance and developing courses across a range of subjects, including H&N courses in dance and, and performance. She has extensive dance and theatre experience and over 25 years worth of experience across the arts industry in general, with particular focus on the education sector, uh, colleges, schools, youth theatres, and as part of the Royal National Theatre Education Programme. She has developed an integrative approach to movement that is informed by her eclectic experiences, intuition and curiosity in life and art. She is fascinated by the vast potential that movement has on the opening of an experimental and the non-verbal realm, the sensory experience of the bodies as well as their transforming ability. So yeah, there's a, there's a touch of the spiritualism about you, I have to say, just reading that. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear it all out loud, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I, maybe that comes because uh, I'm also a trained yoga teacher. So yeah. um, one of the things that interests me is mindfulness and um holistic experience and how we bring that to actor training so that's another another edge to what i do mm, that's fascinating yeah i mean th th that's that's a lovely little link actually between yoga and movement because there's two there's two very different polarities as well you've got laban which can encourage the actors just to go completely bananas sometimes and then you've got yoga which encourages them to be very slow and and you know connect with yourself as slowly and in, within your own time frame so is it kind of one or the other for you and is there any no, middle ground no, no. Or... I, I think as you said in my introduction one of the things that I've done is over the years I've had this huge range of eclectic experiences and mm. what I'm interested in is how those come together to support the actor so the yoga aspect of it is that um, the yoga brings us into embodiment Yes, mm. we slow down. We start to listen to the body in a different kind of way. Yeah. And if yoga's taught well, it's um, about choice and it's about listening. So, so the aspects of yoga that I take are not necessarily the shapes, which are very seductive, those uh, <laughs> yoga shapes. I don't necessarily take the shape element from yoga, and, but I do enjoy the uh, embodiment and the sense of listening and working with the body. Also, the other thing that yoga does that is core and central to the work is the way we address the breath. Mm. So the way we work with the breath, always the breath is going to be there for the actor. Um, and how we use the breath um, 
impacts on movement always. The breath is the primary mover of the spine. So, and the breath also echoes our emotions and our feelings. So studying the breath um, and some of the yogic ways of looking at the breath are can be useful to the actor. So mm. I, bring, I do bring those in as well. Oh, fantastic. I mean, it, it's so interesting to see what to hear the, the you know, because mo- movement is not something that comes to me very naturally. I mean, I can walk and run. That's about it. But, you know, in terms of, you know, being here at GSA, actually, we actors are encouraged to to find that that part of ourselves, you know, and, you know, to experiment with different movements. And I think that's really fascinating about what we were here to talk, what we're talking about today, which, of course, is the work of of Rudolf Laban, who is your is your specialty. Um, so for anyone who's not familiar with Laban, uh, so Rudolf Laban was born in 1879 and left us sadly in 1958. He is commonly known, and this comes from internet research, uh, as the founding father of expressionist dance. Is that a f- is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, they often talk of him like that, which is quite fun. Um, I think probably he was. There was. Um, He's Aust- Austrian-Hungarian mm-hmm. um, and then lived in Germany. And he does have some dodgy politics around the Nazis, which is why mm-hmm. he left Germany in the 1930s um, and came to this country. So, yes, he is, he, his, his inquiry into movement does form or underpins a lot of the movement work that happens and is happening and is current I mean I would like to say that his when he, he didn't write anything down until he came to this country and he worked with a woman called Lisa Ullman mm. who helped him take his thoughts and put them into the book The Mastery of Movement mm-hmm. and and then there's a whole series of people predominantly women who worked with him and they kind of like his acolytes and they were the people who taught me at the Laban Centre all those years ago so his work, him as a person, yes, he initiated all the work and his inquiry and fabulous inquiry. But I would like to pay tribute to the women who've taken that work and the next step further. So, you know, at, um, when I was at the Lovinson, so there was someone called uh, Valerie Weiss and Valerie Preston Dunlop, and then more recently, someone called Vanessa Ewan at Central. Central. So these are all people who are taking... Laban's ideas and thoughts and you know keeping them current and bringing them into a dynamic form and particularly Vanessa Ewan at Central who is very much focused on actor movement because a lot of Laban's work was initially seen for dancers and dance and dancers and it was only as time's gone on that it's I think more so since the 1990s become developed more for actor movement. Yeah, because his work um, is all about the he, he wanted to find or he want the actor to experience a particular sensation or feeling that our movement has both for ourselves and and for others. Would that would, would that be fair to say? Okay, let's go back a step. Let's go back okay. a step. Yeah, because <laughs> the one aspect, you know, Laban. I mean, one of the questions you were going to talk to me about what does Laban bring to the table? The mm. big thing that Laban brings is a framework and a vocabulary to talk about movement. Mm-hmm. So I love the way you said you just walk and run. Hallelujah. Yeah. All you need to do. Yeah. You can then, you know, dance to the beat so you can go to a club, you know, but 
you you are moving all the time even watching you now the gestures we make the small turns the the, the look in your face and what Laban does is give us a framework and a vocabulary to talk about those things that mm. are intuitive and instinctive to you and often especially act where all people find difficult to talk about movement because we do it all the time the first thing we do before we even breathe we moved mm. so how do we articulate about something that is so us very hard mm. so what what Laban did was he looked at five aspects it's a five-point star mm. so the body and that's all the anatomical, you know, the bones, the soft tissue, the fascia. Um, I have to remember all of them now. So it's body <laughs> action. So as actors, we know what action is, that, you know, it's doing things. Space, you know, the space around us, the kinetic space and the shared space. Um, then uh, relationships, the relationships we have with each other, relationships we have with our environment. Um, and then dynamic. And the dynamic and the expression of dynamic is the one we tend to focus on in actor movement. Um, so when you're gonna be working with me at GSA, I will take you through all of this and we will start to practice the language that Laban has offered us. Because um, Laban was very curious about also how could we write about movement and write down movement. So he developed something called Laban notation. And this is before computers, um, and before the lots of film was available. So he then, to be able to write movement down, he had to break it down into its component parts to be able to talk about it. So something simple as level, you know, we've got high, medium and low, right, left, diagonals, you know, um, you know, and, and points in space then become really clear. So if I ask you to look front, high, diagonal, you know exactly where to go. So yeah there you go <laughs> um so he gives us a language with which to communicate and articulate about our experience of movement mm. um so moving into actor movement where we go is we go to the dynamic point of the star although i will touch on all the other bits with you mm. Um, but in a one-year course, it's like, what's the most important thing for the actor? <laughs> so as well as introducing you to the other bits, the main focus will be on the efforts. Um, and that's the efforts are they're, they're what Laban used to look at the nuance of expression and movement. So they go back down to, he has... Um, what he calls motion factors, weight, time, space, to that I've added breath. Um, and so we, we start by examining them and understanding them. And when we're working with movement, understanding doesn't come through sitting and talking about these things. Mm. <laughs> Talk about them for all you want, but your body, or, you know, so when I'm thinking about body, I, I'm thinking about the brain and the body and the mind and everything comes together. So I'm not, and um, we talked about this before, and we're not leaving any bits of you outside. Mm -hmm. So we're not leaving troubles at the door. Everything comes into the space, and that's what we work with. Um, and we work through fully embodied practice. So the whole body working all of the time to experience the different nuances of expression. 
So how do they feel? What do they make you think about? Um, what one do you like more than another? See, you start to be able to listen to what sits on your body and in your body, what resonates with you. Um, and then from that, we can begin to use those efforts to um, create character. So it gets quite complex, which I really like because it's a technique. It can be a technique. Um, but also what, what we do through this process is we then start to understand who you are. So what, what is the self in acting is a question that I am constantly working with because you need to be fully there to be present. But what acting is, is a, an, is a technique and through imagination, you're creating these characters that are telling narrative and story. And what my job is in movement is, is to bring you into consciousness of the nuances of movement so that you can use them to tell story and create character the very best you can. Mm. Wow. Well, <laughs> as mine just exploded right now. Uh, that's, that's so interesting. I mean, th there's a production which comes to mind. Um, did, but did you manage to catch um, Frankenstein at the National a few years ago? Yeah. Well, a few years ago, nearly 10, 10 years ago, in fact, now. But it's on Amazon Prime now, isn't it? Yeah, Amazon Prime, yeah. Because um, that opening 15 minutes, I think, is when either Benedict Cumberbatch or John Lee Miller was becoming the creature, finding their movement in the space and learning how to walk. Um, would Laban give that a thumbs up? Or would he just be kind of thinking, you could do better? Or there's more to this? No, I, I, think, I think one of the things we get, need to get away from is... Um, what and this I don't know whether this is right or not. This is the way I think about Laban. Yeah, I don't think Laban. There is technique, but there's not a right and wrong here. Mm. What I love about Laban, it's it's not about it's shifting, it's dynamic. It's um, there's no right or wrong. There's only what you can do within the moment. Mm. And so something like that. I mean, I'm sure he'd have applauded that. He loved shape and form, and that was just so theatrical and dynamic, wasn't it? It was mm. amazing. I mean, it was. It was not that I knew the man, <laughs> but 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 he there. The, I think it is a danger to think of this as a, a form that is a right and a wrong. It's about developing a sensitivity and an inquiry for the actor as an artist. And the problem is, if you think of it of doing something right, you're going to set yourself up to fail. Mm. So. I don't think Laban is a right or wrong kind of technique as such. I think it's a language and it's an experiential language that can inform the actor and it goes into the actor's toolkit. Mm. At times will be vibrant for the actor and useful. Sometimes it's more useful in process. But by the time an actor gets into performance, we shouldn't see a technique, any technique. No. In fact, I'm deeply disturbed if I go to the theatre and see technique, I like there's something wrong here. <laughs> what I want, the reason I go to the theatre is to be fully immersed in the world that is being created for me in the story. And I completely believe the characters. Mm. And if I don't, I'm going, hmm, mm. disappointed. Yeah. Well, so, well, when you say technique, do you mean uh, it's like you, you can see someone trying too hard or someone tr not not really believing in, in the material? So, Or just, just someone who's not 
in the moment who's constantly thinking about like what what's my next line or what's the next movement i think that's interesting isn't it there's a whole interesting discussion here about when you watch theater when something doesn't feel quite right and i, I haven't got any answers for that what yeah. that might be some of it might be to be not being in the moment some of it might be you know dropping lines is actually unforgivable um you know but equally is forgetting moves you know you should be rehearsed to the point that this should be a these it's a piece of artistry it's not mm. something should be stumbling through unless to stumble is what you're expected to do and I, I think when when a, an actor is not well prepared the audience feels insecure and that's interests me it's like if if I feel unsafe in the audience I suspect it's to do with the lack of preparation yeah for the actor on stage and that's not always the actor's fault you know we have money constraints, we have rehearsal constraints, you know, there's all sorts that can lead to that situation happening. But um, it interests me that feeling when we, we, we're, we're like, why, why is something more comfortable to watch than another? And, and actually, someone else might experience something completely different in the audience. Mm. Well, you know, so, so that interests me. So I, I haven't got an answer to why. Mm. Uh, I do know there are performances I've seen where I've gone, actually I feel a bit awkward about this. Mm. And I suspect it's like a preparation more than anything and not to do with people's talent or yeah. technique or anything. Um, you know, theatre is a craft where, what I love about it, it's about practice. You know, and that's what we do at GSA and that's what I encourage you as actors to do is, what is your practice? Because mm. um, a lot of my work around actors came from the place of, you know, I trained as a dancer and a musician. And so every day I would take class and then, then I'd go back and do my scales and my um, studies. And I, my acting friends, I'd be going, what are you doing? And they're like, well, I'm just hanging out. <laughs> and I thought, well, how are you going to be audition ready? Yeah. And they're like, well, we're fine with little lines. You know, I was like, Mm. puzzled puzzled by this and I think movement what movement brings for you as the actor is the practice I hope so excuse me yep. Bless you. <laughs> so one of the things that I hope we engender at GSA is a sense of your own self-practice and that you know learning about something like Laban or growing um learning you know your about your imagination is not something that will happen overnight no you have to practice you have to go away and practice and movement you need to practice three or four times a week and when you when you leave and you're looking for work the actors that i think now work are have got their own practice they've got their movement practices they've got voice practices and they're doing them daily and so when auditions come up they're audition ready ready and so gone are the days where actors hang out <laughs> just thinking, watching the dancers go off and do <laughs> this stuff. So actors, and I might be doing people down. I think there's probably people out there who've always done something like that. But one of the things that I do try and do very much at GSA is engender practice mm. in you. And that is, it might be for you who loves walking. It might be walking around the park every day. Mm. It doesn't need to be set exercises um it might be reading fiction 
to encourage your imagination. So practice, we need to sort of maybe redefine what practice is for us because it'll be different for each of us. Mm. And, and also practice is dynamic, you know, so I know one day I'll go through, I've got a whole series of things that I like to do around the breath, um, some yoga based work, mm. um, some singing, and then another day I'll go swimming. Both are my practice, both feed me as an artist and but do different things. And it depending on what I need to do or what I'm working on at the time. Um, depends on what my practice will be. Mm. Yeah, because practice is key, because I think uh, I heard I think I read somewhere that actors, they don't practice, you know, you know, you know, you look at a musician or a dancer, you know, someone who plays the piano or plays the guitar will play their instrument all day long just to make just to keep it all fresh up there and same with dancers as well like the stretching as you said yoga so physical activity like swimming and stuff like that but actors you know we need to be careful not to fall into that trap of we haven't got anything on at the moment therefore we're not gonna we're not gonna read a new play or we're not gonna go back to an old monologue we did of Shakespeare and think okay what what else can we do with this now because there's just limitless options for Shakespeare um but that, that that's a really good message to hear actually and just to say look all us creatives we need to keep practicing we all need to be actively involved in our craft day in day out even if we're not working you know and if you're not doing it then 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 you, you know some, something's not right you know either you're not enjoying it or it isn't for you anymore but if you but I think we're you know we, we've all been we've all done bad auditions we've all been not prepared for classes we've all turned up and forgotten our lines and I didn't I did a Raja exam once I got I got there and I didn't know the poem because I tried to learn it the night before thinking I'd be okay and I really wasn't oh that was a moment to forget ego, ego, no, no, no. the thing that's really important here we are going to make mistakes yeah so something I fundamentally believe in creativity is about making mistakes hugely art is knowing which ones to keep and you learn it the challenge for you is to learn by your mistakes so like that at rada you know learn that you tried to do it the night before and you couldn't remember it well, yeah well, that's on record now great <laughs> i can see it in your face oh and it, but you learn from it you gained from it but you haven't done that again <laughs> no no i really haven't I'm... <laughs> great that's that's going to be right that's on the record now great why did i do that oh no well never mind but um yeah yeah don't anyone watching don't or listening don't 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 do that don't don't prepare uh the night before especially if you're trying to learn a sonnet and you know you're still getting to terms with the rhythmic structure of the iambic pentameter yeah don't don't do that uh so anyway it's more specifically about love and let's just delve into more of the specifics uh his work entitles quote efforts the various strands of uh, strands of movement and uh, they are key efforts that are expressed when we're given when we're given a certain instruction. So uh, the efforts are floating, dabbing, ringing, thrusting, pressing, flicking, slashing, and gliding. Do you have a favourite? That's interesting because that's one of the things I'm going to do with you. Is what are your favourites? I think I, I have different ones at different times. Mm. Um, as a teacher, I tend to glide a lot. Mm. You. And then you mm. and we'll do this. And because what gliding does is gives me space to think, mm. you know, before and be really direct. So but I then I'm, I'm a bit of a slasher as well. I'm like, oh, yeah, 
oh, I've had this really good thought, or, you know, or, oh, oh, yeah. Mm. You know, so I, so I tend to, you know, because what we do is we with you, I'll do this. We create our own personal effort map. So I tend to flick between glide and slash personally. But you'll find that we use all of them in a human expression. Yeah. Um, and each it, to be remembered that each of the efforts can be done on any emotion or any feeling. There's a tendency to think sometimes about efforts like thrust is, um, you know, very can be very aggressive. But we can also um, thrust for joy. Thrust can be really sexual. You know, it's it, 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 and we can thrust in sadness too. You know, mm. so it one of the things that I hope that you'll find when you work with me is that we really and this is my my running theme for this year is I want to really open up the emotional range of the efforts for you um, and because often that's where the richness lies that you know quite often we as actors you might seek to um, play um, uh, sadness or, 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 or on, on a ring you know oh. But actually, it might be that you, it's it's like this, and you're sad, but it's really direct. So, so I don't know. We, it's all to play for, and that's what I'm interested in this year. Just really exploding the emotional landscape using the efforts, mm. so that you've got them. So, mm. we, so, so they're there, and and you you like you've just asked of me which ones were your favourite. You will find. Mm. which sit with you you'll also find some of the richness i've found is when actors play with the ones that don't initially appeal to them mm. and to the character because therein lies the greatest transformation and isn't that what we're about mm -hmm. we acting we want to transform but to transform so this now ties into my embodiment practices and again something i hopefully will share when you're when we're in the room together is that transformation feels weird so so those moments when you're in the rehearsal space and you're going this doesn't feel good rose or this is a bit odd i'm going yes. <laughs> so part of my job is to get you comfortable with what the weird because otherwise you would just play to your type all the time which is great we need to understand our type we yeah. need to do that but we also need to have a range and transformation is 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 that lovely edge where it feels awkward and difficult and odd and rather than shying away from that what i'm hoping in these next few months is you'll go i love the weird i'm going to sit in the weird i'm going to do the weird bits <laughs> because i think there you'll find the, the ability to transform um is my hope hmm. oh so i mean it's it's definitely scary going into the weird at first because you're thinking to yourself, I don't usually do this. I don't dab. I don't thrust. I don't ring. I don't well press anything. You know, but it's it's so interesting because um obviously we I got a I did get an introduction to this back in in January before I sort of pressed pause and came back. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting because after my personal experience of one of your sessions, you know you know 
laughing, it, it, it pulls it pulls you in so many different directions, you know, and you're it's like one minute you're sitting down, then you stand up, then you sit down, then you're up again, then you, then you stand up, and you're expecting to sit down again. And it's like, no, stand up, no, keep standing up, keep standing up, no, 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 stay there. Okay, now sit down again. It's like, and it's that, and you walk away from it feeling, you know, physically exhilarated. I mean, you don't, you don't actually, from, from my experience, you don't leave the room exhausted, although that settles in a bit later, but you walk away thinking, particularly after like, a, I think it was a, a thrust session or a slash session. And yeah, I think I got a bit carried away once because, because we were in our in our rooms for that. I had an empty water bottle and, and you were just going, come on, just more, more of this, more of that. I might have opened up my door and just thrown an empty bottle of water down, down the corridor uh, because because that that's where it takes you. That's where it takes you. Um, and it's funny enough for my flatmates at the time just walked out and said, guys, did you know, did, who threw that water bottle down the corridor? I said, oh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> we, were, we were doing lab and then she went. Oh, okay, okay, and so you just say we're doing love, and then suddenly it makes sense. But yeah, but that's you know I think so. In terms of like what, what you want your students to to feel when when they're doing an extreme, well, I think I'm not sure it's fair to say every love and they well they, they they all push you to 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 a new level. It's like some some things you might find within yourself, and others you're thinking, okay, this is not me at all, but so as you just said now embrace the weird and how what like what's the best way of just this might seem like a silly question but what, what's the best way of embracing the weird and just going for it is it simply just forget about judgment and just just jump in okay let me go back a little bit because okay. actually your experience was online and i um, it's so interesting to hear how you received that yeah and um so we, thank we, you for that um we, we, we did what we could we did what we could yeah, no, no, I think it's really valid, really useful. Mm. But one of the things that I'd like, I can't ever tell you what to feel, nor will I. You have to find that yourself. What you feel is what you feel. Yeah. I what the hope I do is I hopefully create a safe environment for you to experience a full emotional range. Mm. So for example, you know, at times we need to touch on rage and anger and we need to roar with anger in my sessions. And this is stuff that if you did on a Friday night out, you'd get taken away, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and often the stuff I'm asking of you to do is stuff, we, we don't see the emotional extreme in our daily lives. So it, it feels a bit uncomfortable. But all the plays that we work on are often driven by trauma or extreme emotions. Um, not always. Um, I quite like the ones that are sort of underplayed, but often there's some trauma or, or you know, and often violence or sexual trauma mm -hmm. that has initiated whatever the drama is within, within the work. And within that, there might need to be the extremes of emotion. Now, as an actor, if you haven't practiced those in a safe space, if you haven't touched that blind anger, mm. safely, how are you going to put that on stage? Mm. And actually, I really wouldn't want an actor drawing on their own personal experience of blind anger because it's so potent. Yeah. It would be dangerous in the rehearsal space. So you need to know and how to create the feelings and the emotions safely. But we, they still need to have that extreme because 
the play might demand it or the, the, the narrative might demand it. And this is something that interests me and a lot of my research around trauma and emotion is that emotions are a physiological event. You know, they create, you know, hormones, thing, things actually happen to the body when we're in a state of love. You know, it's, it's mm. huge for us. Yeah. Um, so how can I get the actor to create that, recreate that without being in love? They've got to be able to show love without all those hormones and things running around their body. And that's what the efforts allow us to do. But first off, the, you have to feel safe in the space. You have to be able to trust the people you're working with. Yeah. And you have to understand the separation between the self and the work so that you can reach the, those, you can fulfill the full range of emotional engagement and then walk away and go and get your lunch. <laughs> you know, and not come out of the sessions traumatized. Now, I'm aware a lot of my work does often rustle up things in people and trigger it at times it does trigger. So there's a trigger warning here for anyone who comes to do my sessions. <laughs> when we, what I'm asking of you is to move every cell in your body and sometimes cells hold memories. Um, so if you are triggered, I try and sit with people, talk it through. We have support services at Surrey to deal with these things, but it's not a bad thing if you're triggered. What thing to do is to know what's triggered you and how you don't go to that in a professional situation. Because I'm in a, a learning, I'm teaching, I'm, I'm holding the space for you. So the learning from some, a situation like that, you know, our feelings are really valid, you know, and if somebody's experienced something traumatic and it's triggered through a session, that is really valid and valuable, those feelings. Um, and I'm there to support and help. And there are other things wrapped around. If, it, if I can't be the person to help, because I, I might not be, there are other support services that can step in and you can talk to. But does that make it clear that it's a safe, it's a safe environment to create to experience the range of the human condition and human emotions. Yeah. What was, what was the nub of your question, the very last bit? Uh, uh, oh, it was, it was something, I think it, it was something about, um, oh yeah, if we, we were talking about how, like, what, what do you want your students to feel? But I think you might have already answered that. Um, is in terms of just the full, the just the full spectrum of 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 the whole training, you know. To be honest, I can't really remember, but uh, but I think, but that's an interesting build on to, um, you know, we we may be triggered by. Well, I'm sure most of us we might be. I, I'm not sure, but if we are triggered, I think that is so important to to get it out of our system because if we're carrying around these emotional traumas and everything else you know we're never gonna be able to kind of just progress or, or just move on can I, can I stop you there because I think there are lots of people who've been through lots of trauma who can and do act beautifully and brilliantly I'm sure yeah 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 yeah. so tra trauma is separate and trauma is something um that everybody deals with with their own ways yeah and um 
we don't need to bring it all out in in our in uh, actor training we don't mm. but if it comes out then it needs to be dealt with of course I just want to be really clear about that because um yeah I just want to be really clear about that because what we don't want the training to become or the education to become is it doesn't need to be therapy <laughs> yeah. yeah I enjoy a bit of therapy that's not what we're doing what we're trying to do is build the skills to be the best actors that we you possibly can and at times you will be triggered and at times in the professional world you will be triggered as well and you need to know how to deal with that but like I just want to be really clear there's lots of people who've had horrendous traumas in their life and enough and they're fabulous actors but they don't bring that into the space yeah yeah that's that's good good to point out there um cool so in terms of that, this is something we were discussing just before before we came on today. There's um, uh, I heard a link from uh, so there's a guy called Alam Orion who's a who's a method acting teacher, and he sort of mentioned in passing that Laban might have uh, was I think was a, a continuation of the work of Stanislavski and um, Lee Stras Lee Strasberg, but you sort of mentioned that he he worked more with Chekhov in the in the Moscow Arts Theatre, and then therefore. Is not so much about methods as such, but more like dipping into your bag of, dipping into your shopping bag of imagination, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let me get, let me backtrack on that a little bit because I don't know that much about Strasbourg. Mm. Um, I know bits about Stanislavski, and I know that Chekhov was a student of Stanislavski. Mm. Um, where I'm coming from is in my work at GSA. I've been working a lot with Gronje. On your burn, mm -hmm. so I've done one of these um, podcasts with you. Mm. And what we've realised is the synergy between the work of Chekhov and the work of Laban. Mm. Um, in that, um, you know, Chekhov's talking about the use of the imagination, and what Laban does is give landmarks in which to explore the imaginative territory of the through the body. So, and then there's the whole inner and outer that we get with with Chekhov and also you've got Olaban is using like the effort the efforts to give you a way of expressing the inner and to let it become the outer so there's a lot of synergy between the work of Chekhov and Laban and and I think Chekhov really looked at the artistry it's, it's that you're an artist as an actor and that you use the imagination to create this amazing characters which Again, we come back to the, the um, discussion about where we place the self here and what is the self. My limited understanding of Stanislavski into, I think Stanislavski originally, um, you know, with his, his focus on naturalism, wanted people to use, actors to use their own experience to recreate that. And from my reading, what he found was that after, he abandoned that after a while because he found that everything was a little bit dull. <laughs> it was, it, and it, it was led to actors being, um, yeah, it, it didn't work from what I, my understanding. And that what we need is, what actors need is, is, is techniques that allow them to, to, we've talked about that transition, to transform, to be something different. Um, I mean, we talked a bit about Daniel Day-Lewis and the extremes of what, how method can be perceived um and you sort of said to me Strasbourg isn't about that so that is of interest I mean as an intimacy coordinator I think it's really dangerous 
if actors are drawing on personal experience mm-hmm. um, to create the illusion of intimacy. Um, I would like to, you know, intimacy should be about the character and the narrative and not mm-hmm. about, so we shouldn't hear an actor's own sex sounds, for example. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's something about safety here that, um, I, and I think what my understanding of the work of Laban and Chekhov, what that gives the actor is technique and tools and it through imagination to move beyond the self and to find character so that after they've been working, they can then switch off and go and get their lunch. Mm. Um, Yeah. And I think, I think something we talked about before that shouldn't, shouldn't be lost is someone like Daniel Day Lewis, we talked about, you know, sort of walking around the streets of New York in a hat and being a butcher. research research is really important for an actor yeah and how you do that research and and possibly for someone like him he needs to experience it you know i know i think through movement and one of laban's things is his uh object was to get actors thinking through movement this is this is the whole a whole kind of consciousness of it and sometimes research isn't sat looking at google Mm. Google can only give us so much. It's an experience, <laughs> you know, you might need to experience, you know, if you have to, you know, butcher a, a lamb, you might need to go and butcher a lamb to just feel what that's like, to then be able to offer that, that specific action in the play. So um, there's an inter- there's a, a line between research and then that sort of what I understood as sort of the method stuff, losing the self in that, and I would actually ask of actors not to lose their self in yeah. what they're doing, um, just keep from a safety perspective. Keep yourself, stay safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I wrote down a few notes about all of that. Mm. Um, I've got here, embodied work helps understand the inter- internal impulse and develop um, an expressive body that can um, make precise choices wow and i think that's what laban and Chekhov is doing they're both seeking that embodied work to understand you know feelings emotions thoughts and then to we you know we need to express it to an audience Mm. and i talk about being deadly we make precise choices you know, so when I, you can find when I'm at working in the room with you, I don't do wafting. People always think I'm a wafter, but I'm not. I like things to be clear, precise, rehearsed, practiced, and then they soften. Once you do all that work, everything softens, and you get these wonderful performances uh, that, you know, when, when you're watching a performance, you, you should just be engaged with, the story and the person, the character telling that story. Mm. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Um, that actually brings on to another, I think another question I think I, I sent to you. Um, when you see, like when you're teaching or when you're in the audience for a, a Laban project or you're watching us 
do our thing. Um, as an audience member or as, or as a spectator, when you see Laban and in full flow and all of us engaging with all the efforts, what, what, what does that what does that do like from an audience perspective? Do you sit is it quite a spiritual experience us going through all these different movements? Or how, how does it feel watching it from the outside? I shouldn't see them. I mean, it should just be, I should, all I should do is be engaged with the character and the narrative. That's it. And, and it, you know, it's a tool. Mm. You know, it's your job as an actor to tell the story. Mm. That's what you're doing. Um, spirituality is an interesting one with um, Laban, and I think with Chekhov too, actually, the, the pair of them, I think, were at Dartington College at the same time, uh-huh. um, towards the end of the Second World War. And that was the whole time around anthropomorphy. I can't say it. <laughs> was was very much part, and there is a spirituality to the work, um, and otherness. But I don't know that. I don't understand that. I feel it, but I have yet to. I'll be able to really know what that is, um, and won't want to put a label on that. I think for me as a teacher watching you do the work and um, when I watch students doing it and they're doing it really well I'm just incredibly proud <laughs> <laughs> because it's really difficult yeah I mean what what I'm asking of, of and this all makes sense to you as you do the course but you create an effort duo which is the internal and the external there's things called codes and keys which give us insight into the character about their age status all of those things so you've got those three things happening then on top of that you've got the language which is then um you use a precise score of efforts to create the um the landscape of the language so you've got five things going on at the same time Mm. um and that is why it's a practice it's 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 a lot to be doing all at the same time but when you practice it through the rehearsal process and it's done well it is it is just seamless and that's what i see i see seamless i just see actors i just see the story hmm. um, yeah you just see the story that's I see the story i see the story yeah that's it's so interesting i mean because then i think afterwards when you go to a text after sort of throwing your body and in, into the space and then you discover what you need to discover and then suddenly it makes that process, your physicality starts to change. You suddenly get this freedom on stage. Suddenly you don't feel constricted by nerves anymore. You don't feel, you know, like you're jittering or anything like that, because once you've given your body to the space and then you release all kinds of fears of trying to get it right or fears of failure or anything like that. And you just go there and you throw yourself in and you sort of emerge I don't want to say like, a, I suppose a bit like a caterpillar coming out of the cocoon in a way. So like you, you release all those restrictions on yourself and suddenly there's this freedom as a result. And I think, and I think one of the questions, another question was um, what, what can movement do that in your opinion, what can movement do that text can't do? And I think if you've just got a text, you know, you've just got the words, you haven't got any sort of physical direction, but with the movement, it gives you that freedom to then go on and then go on stage and all that stuff. Okay, let me pick on that. It's two things. First off, mm-hmm. you need to trust the work, trust the process. Yes. Um, 
and hopefully you'll get great directors that will work with you. You'll have movement directors, intimacy coordinators, sound designers, voice coaches. Mm. Trust the work, do the work. First off, do the work. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and then trust that the work that you've done, that's what gives you that freedom on stage. Mm. That's what allows you to emerge as a butterfly is you need to trust. You need to, first off, do the work and then you need to trust the work. Mm. Then the second about um, what does movement give that text doesn't. If we look at how we communicate, 55% of the information offered to us comes through movement. Mm -hmm. um, 20% comes through the tone of the voice and the rest, which is about four or 5%, is through the words. Only four or 5%. Yeah. So why do we spend so long sat at tables? reading words. Words are important. They're potent. They are, they come through a physical man manifestation of making marks on a page and they are an expression of a physicality of, they're an expression of our sensing body. And what we have to do through the words is unpick to find out what that is. But I think one of my frustrations is too often in theatre we focus too much on the words. You know, the, the audience will read your character the minute you step on stage before you've even opened your mouth. The way you breathe, the way you hold yourself, the pace at which you walk. Mm. Um, they will make all these cultural links and understandings. Um, and we need, you know, the, the latest research that I've been looking at is actually we, we, we move to think. We don't think to move. Okay, so the way mm. thought and cognition has developed is through movement. So through moving, when we're hunters and gatherers, suddenly we have to start think because we we come up onto two, you know, two two feet, two legs. We have to think about oh, where's the food? It's in the distance. Is there something chasing me? And suddenly the cognitive processes started to happen, which is how the frontal cortex is de developed. Mm. It didn't develop by thinking about it, we develop by moving and needing to think. So, always learn your lines walking around. Never learn lines sat down, because what we know when we put feet onto the earth, every time you put your foot down, it sends a rush of blood to the heart and the brain. I didn't know that. <laughs> and IQ in this country is dropping because people are more sedentary. Hmm. So equally, every time you place your foot down on the ground, we produce something called osteocline, which they thought was about building bone density. But in fact, it anchors memory. Hence, learn your lines on the move. <laughs> you know, don't sit at a table and learn lines. Get up and walk. You know, there's lots of wonderful ways to do it now. You can record yourself speaking them and be walking and doing. So, um, yeah, movement does movement bring over text movement works with text and movement often provides the it can provide the inner monologue it can provide the subtext um but the movement will be read before the text is heard mm. by the audience so you as an actor you need to be really aware of that that's really interesting uh, and then, the, then as you're speaking the text, it will influence the body and then the body will influence the text. Mm. 
and it's a beautiful relationship, especially in Shakespeare. Mm. It's a beautiful relationship. Shakespeare's really good at this one, you know, because, you know, he wrote for a really physical medium. Um, so, um, yeah, there you go. 55% is movement. Wow, that's, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Honestly, I'm, I'm learning so much today. Honestly, I'm, I'm being well and truly schooled by you today. So it's just, this has been fantastic. Um, it's just, let's just have a look. What else do we have here? So um, we talked about your training. I, I did have a question. What was your first encounter with, with Larbin? And I suppose what made you sort of jump into that? But I think we've already covered that. Well, I, can, I can just say that I first, well, I went to the Larbin Centre and I was trained as a dancer and I was at the Larbin Centre and um, learned about Larbin and had no idea what it was all about. So I was like, had these wonderful experiences in the 80s and then put it into one side. Mm. And then only through my practice as an artist and through time have I began to realise how potent that education was. So for those of you who can do my classes and just don't get it, it's fine. 20 years on, you'll be, you'll be cool. It'll be okay. Um, and now I'm in a really lucky position at Surrey. We've got the Laban Archive. Mm. So um, I'm now able to see Laban's original drawings, work with his original mark making, and in you know, and also the work of Vanessa Ewan has been really important to me to reignite my love of Laban. Um, what I didn't realise was for all those years I thought I was ignoring it, I was using it. Because <laughs> <laughs> once it, you experience it and it's in your body, it's there forever. Yeah. And I think I, I feel that I now access it more articulately than I did for those years. But um, yeah, so my first 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 introduction to Laban was one of, oh, what is this? No, I what is going on? I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> In fact, just recently, I've gone back over all my notes from when I was at the Laban Centre just to to retouch that time and realize how formative it was for me. Mm. And then I have a project that I'd like to do is one of my older teachers is still alive, um, who knew Laban is to get her to come and talk about actor movement, the archive, and then work with some of our students. And then Vanessa Ewan, who's developed a lot of the actor movement work with Laban and work with our students, and then to put the two of them in a room together. Mm and talk about actor movement from a Laban perspective, I think would just be... Oh, that'd be amazing. Fabulous. And I would... It would help me... I can understand what it is. Because I, I understand, I, you know, as a teacher, I understand enough, and I love it enough to be able to to share it with you. But it's a dynamic thing, isn't it, learning? There's, there's, another, there's other aspects of Laban which do delve into the spirituality that... And he takes into, um, you know, the, he brings in the fourth motion factor, which is flow. And then it goes into, you haven't just got the efforts, you have these states of being. Mm. I'm not there yet. I'm reading about them. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there. And at some point, I'd just love a group of you guys in a, a studio space and we can just explore what that might look like. But um, Let's, do it. Let's do it. Yeah, that's that's going to be the next uh, next project. But it's the key is to keep learning. I think that's something Chekhov said um, that yeah. about keep growing your craft 
And I think that's what Laban did and all the way up to his death. He was positing new ideas and new ways of looking at movement. Mm. And so his, his legacy is one of dynamic change. Mm. Just keep, just keep learning, keep growing, keep doing what you're doing. Um, I think what, I think maybe we've covered everything really there, but one thing I just think about there, um, uh, by the way, we, you've got that on tape now. You want those two people to sit in that room. So we're putting this out to the universe now and hopefully that will that will manifest itself one way or another in the future for you. Um, but I think um, it's funny because I did another episode with Sabs uh, talking about her experience of actually working with, with Jack Lecoq and everything else. And then she got to know the man and sadly, you know, you didn't get the chance to work with Laban, unfortunately. But if he was alive now, if he was still with us, if there's one question you could ask him, what would it be? Well, who knows? Um, I'd have to think about that one. It would be, I have so many questions for him around consciousness and, and you know, how, um, how to, because my particular interest is trauma and how, do, how trauma is expressed through the body. How does he see that and how, how would he manage that and work with that? And is it useful to the actor? And is it useful to the artist? I think those are the questions I'd be asking. Mm. Because, yeah, I think there's just so many, so many things. I mean, just it just really open up my eyes to it now. And it's it's great to sort of talk about this on from a sort of theoretical side. But then, but come next week, I think uh, you're of, I think you're my very first lesson next week I'm see you on monday monday yeah you're, my <laughs> very time. you're gonna be moving around that studio i'll be like i'm so ready for this I'm gonna just, <laughs> i'll listen to this episode back and be like okay now i know what to do this <laughs> is great um yeah i think that that is a wonderful place to sort of call it really there i mean i mean rose thank you so much for today i've learned so much from i am moving into this into the spiritual realm right now you know without sounding a bit too too silly but you know i'm just just feeling like a totally different energy in the room now and all from like the way you articulated all these ideas like talking about your love for it and you can you know I can feel your passion for it as well and how much you love it and just just promise me you keep this up keep going keep learning keep sticking with Larvin and long may you reign at GSA with all this stuff and uh yeah so just a big big thank you for your and of course thank you for your time today as well it's been so nice for you to take time out of your weekend to speak to me today and yeah this has been wonderful so guys thank you so much again for 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 joining in uh yeah this has been the uncensored critic and i will be back soon so once again if you, if you just stick around after the recording uh rose i'll say goodbye to you face to face but i'll just press finish to record now yeah, and then... say bye to everyone <laughs> yeah, bye to uh, yeah bye everyone in the studio. You. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in the studio if any of you guys are listening i'll see you next week but yeah guys thank you so much and yeah take take it easy